We're recording. In LA, almost all of us who can stay home are some are, are quarantined. Six feet matter. Here we go. Hey everybody, I'm Bob Christian. Welcome to Cornstream Frontiers, an ongoing series of lightning round questions discussing how life is changing in a post-quarantine world. Right now, it's day 66 in LA quarantine, which coincidentally is the exact amount of time it takes to form a new habit, which you know, presents a question about what we're all now habituated to, and I'm not going to address that, and I'm not going to look that right in the face because I don't want to know the answer. Uh, today, we are talking parenting, and I'm so excited about today's guests. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yes. <laughs> Desperately. I'm Hillary, and I'm in Glendale, California. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm also in Glendale, California. Welcome to Cornstream, Hillary, and welcome back to the show, Justin. Justin was on our first episode about parenting, which was 50 days ago. Okay, we're in day 66. Uh, so I guess my first question is, you know, was there a time or maybe even a whole week during this whole event where you thought you might have become infected? I mean, I have. What about you guys? Only at the very beginning, when it was all still unknown and weird and I, and suddenly school's canceled. We don't know for how long. And I was getting like a lot of panicky, like I wasn't able to take deep breaths because I was so panicked mm -hmm. and like crushed with the possibilities. I was like, Oh my God, I think I have it. But beyond <laughs> that, not, I have not thought it at all. I had maybe, gosh, time all blends together now. It's just like one big, like pudding log. I guess it was about four weeks ago. Um, I was having some tightness in my chest but I had asthma as a kid. And so my doctor prescribed me, uh, I had a telemedicine visit and they prescribed me a um, inhaler and, um, and that cleared it up. That was, I had a thing, but it was not the thing. This is really weird because all of our things revolve around chests. I also went to the urgent care because I woke up one day and my chest really hurt. And that was the same day that they said that there might be some heart attack associated with the coronavirus. Oh my God. And so I went there and I, and I talked to the woman and basically I did some kind of elaborate chest muscle pull and she looked at me and I go, and she goes, she looked at me and she goes, I'm going to give you some medicine. I go, if it's just pain reliever, I don't need it. I, if, if it's not going to fix it, I don't need to address the symptoms. It doesn't bother me. And she just looked at me and she goes, well, why did you come here then? And I was like, because I <laughs> thought I was going to die and kill everyone I knew, but now I know I don't, I just need to leave now. And they're the they're absorbing that though. That's the thing is like you know they don't know who's coming through that door you know every day. And they've got people like, I, I, is it COVID? Is it my chest? Did I pull a thing? Is it asthma? And so everyone that comes through is like a, a loaded gun. And then it's like, why are you here? I don't know what to do. Like you know, from their side, it's like I you know I get where that exasperation could come from. Oh, it must be so annoying to be a doctor right now. I did the same. <laughs> I did the same thing for unrelated to COVID. I was like, oh, I have this weird ailment maybe. So I went to the OBGYN and I like kind of really just like get like um, wedge myself in to get an appointment because they were like, pregnant people are here. We really don't want anyone coming for their annual checkups. And I got in their doctor was like, there's like literally nothing wrong with you. And I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, oh, like I've wasted everybody's time. Now I look like a hypochondriac. Like I have endangered pregnant ladies. Like I felt terrible, but. I feel there's a really large part of all of the coronavirus experience that is a social, like, how do I say this? Like the impending social judgment of those around you. Like I feel oh. like wearing a mask. I feel like I'm judged if I wear a mask. I feel like I'm judged if I don't wear a mask. I feel very uneasy all the time about how yeah. I am presenting myself to the world. It's like a political statement almost with the masks. I'm like, I can't be seen without a mask or they're going to think I'm like an anti-masker or whatever, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I have a it's like super paranoid friend in New York who, and this is like so him, but he has one of the, what are they, the N95 mm -hmm. medical mask. He has one from a previous, like a dust storm two years ago or whatever, but he didn't want to walk around wearing his and get judged. So he puts a homemade mask over his old one <laughs> just so he can walk around like free of guilt or whatever around the city. Okay. So the way this show works is that I'm going to ask you, you each a series of lightning questions about your COVID life. And you'll tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Some of these will be one or two word answers. And some of those will unpack. Let's just see. Uh, we're going to break the show into two parts. And we're going to start by talking about you, because can you even remember the last time someone 
just ask how you're doing. Then we'll dive into what it's like to be a parent, which is, you know, all the time, every day, forever. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Ready. All right, let's do it. All right, question one. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. We are undeniably moving out of quarantine, even if we're just entering a new, also weird phase. So to you, what color is that light at the end of your tunnel? Mine is turquoise because it's very attractive. It's kind of dark, but it's really a name given to a color that doesn't know how blue it wants to be. And I feel that that really is my experience. Mm, I guess mine is bright yellow, baby. Wow, that's awesome. What, what about you, Justin? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of still like a really dark brown or black because I don't have the same sense of uh, it's almost over as you do. I think because you're in Florida and I'm in California. The news here still feels very kind of like, eh, not quite yet. The tunnel feels very long. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. That's a really good way of putting that. It feels like a very long tunnel still. But I can definitely see, like, mm, Malibu on the other end. You know what I mean? Like, I can see an ocean. It may be a long journey, but it feels like there will be an end. That's a really smart observation. Taking that into consideration and for the actual elongation of the tunnel at, at, at the moment, I think maybe I wasn't picturing it quite as realistically long as I could. I would also go with sort of a Malibu-esque, but mine's kind of a gradient, kind of a green to pink. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. that's so pretty. Like a watermelon. Yeah. You're seeing a watermelon in your future is what you're saying. Uh, it's a, like a lighter green. It's more like a, like a sunset, maybe like an inverted sunset. Mm. All right. Question two. What has been your snack of choice throughout this? Ugh, bread. Just any bread? Just Well, I've been making bread. Joel, my husband, bought a 50-pound bag of flour by accident. And so... <laughs> oops. Dude. Yeah, oops. He came home with it and was like, he was like, oh, I thought it was pretty heavy. And I was like, you're supposed to get a 20-pound bag. But anyway, <laughs> 50 pounds of flour. So every day we're like, okay, pancakes, bread, brownies. <laughs> like, it's terrible. But so I guess all-purpose hotel restaurant quality, 50 pounds of flour, a snack of choice. Just fistfuls of flour is what I'm imagining. You're yeah, toasted eating. flour. I don't really honestly have a snack of choice. I feel like... It's like, a it's like a daily rotation that sort of echoes whatever my daughter is snacking on. I've probably eaten more sunflower and almond butter than normal. We have it in the house, but I've definitely eaten more of it than normal, just because I'm snacking with my daughter. Mine's Cheez-Its, which I feel like is kind of ties into that because I can eat those around my daughter and not feel guilty if she wants to eat some. And like Chipotle, sometime in my life, someone told me that Cheez-Its were not as unhealthy as potato chips. And so I'm kind of doubling down on that. Like I eat them. I'm like, ah, I could be doing worse. This is actually probably good for me. My daughter's, one of her first words is Cheez-Its. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Ugh, but it's happened like during the quarantine. She, she just, she requests them every day. So does she have a favorite flavor? Cause I definitely do. I like a lot of that like seasoning on mine. Oh, we just have like the straight up normal ones. Oh, there's a, there's like an extra cheddar. It's that's my that's like my jam. If I can find that at the store, that is it. Justin, you can take this one. What have you done to have me time throughout this? Like for me, I steal these micro moments. Like Augustine's favorite game is trip. So I'll have to go get gas for the car or I'll have to like turn around and go get something from the house, which is just enough time for me to step out of the room and drink a couple sips of coffee before I have to go back. And like that somehow has been enough to like fill me up as like solitary time. What about you? We've got into a pretty good rhythm like our schedule's pretty set and so i run most days i've got a um little loop that i do here in the neighborhood and doing that gives me a good chunk of me time during the day hillary what about you i've moved my exercise routine to night also which is pretty weird um i never thought i would be someone who would exercise at night because it's always seemed gross but um <laughs> Now I do it. You know, I like will work out from 8.30 to 10.30 or something every few nights. Wow, that is a long workout. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. It's spaced out. Let's just for the record. <laughs> but it's amazing. I like it at night because I turn off all the lights in the house and it's like no one can bother me. No one is emailing me for work. It's just my time in the night. It feels like the middle of the night anyway. So a lot of people started out quarantine with setting these big goals for themselves. And especially in LA, I feel like a lot of the goals were health related. Would you say you set a goal for yourself, Hillary, that, like, that this is going to be your time to be in the best shape of your life? Or is this just you need this nighttime sweat out? No, it came from out of necessity, not any kind of goal. I wasn't like, this is perfect. Now I'm going to get in shape. 
now that I'm stuck in a house with two children all day, every day. <laughs> well, it seems like you're doing the cooking, you're doing the workout, which are the two big goals things. Did you set a self, did you set a goal for yourself at all for something you want to accomplish during this? Or has it just been a day by day thing? No, I'm like a full day by day person. But I do think that any downtime is really difficult for me because I, as a freelancer, people are contacting me like all day as a bookkeeper. People are just like sending emails that don't need a response, but all day people are contacting me. So it's like if I'm with the kids and they're like watching a movie or something, I can't just sit there and not, but I'm not going to work because I'll get interrupted every few minutes. So I'm like, okay, food project. It's something that I can focus on. Like the stakes are super low, but I can, you know, it's like something I'm doing. A kid can help me do it. That's like how the cooking thing came about. So it's like we've been cooking a lot, but it's just almost a distraction in itself from everything that's going on you know i do the exact same thing but with cleaning like when augustine when um, when i need this a little break from playing i'll start cleaning because i'm not working so i'm technically not yeah. disengaging from her and then she, she can help out cleaning or at the end look i've cleaned the room so congratulations right. the room's clean it's like i don't want to i don't want to actively remove myself but i have to do something that keeps me engaged in something exactly and keeps you just like grounded and being like okay i'm doing a thing i'm not sitting there being like what's going to happen or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then of course I think I've been we've been eating so much that I had to start counteracting it with the <laughs> yang of the workout at night. That's really <laughs> was born from the food project, I think. What about you Justin? Did you set any goals for yourself early on that you've seen through? No, I didn't really have anything that coming into this I thought to myself, well now's the perfect time to build that ship in a bottle. I d I guess the goal was okay, we're going to be in this for a while. Let's just figure out how to make the days work as smoothly as possible. Mm. Totally. Completely turning the ship around. If you could choose anyone alive or dead or imaginary to spend this quarantine with, who would it be? One person? Oh, if you have a family or like a band that you would <laughs> spend it with, I want to hear all about that. Mine's going to be boring and sentimental, but my family is who I'd want to be with. I would love to be in like a giant house. My brother... And his wife are pregnant in Maine. I can't believe I don't get to see them. And I have, you know, my friends in New York who are like, you know, living in like this epicenter hell. And then my mom who's in Connecticut. Like I would just love to be together. I have a bunch of friends in New York who all just like went upstate and or went to a thing and are kind of like quarantining together. Like six people in one house just like with a few kids. And it just looks like so nice almost, you know. I would mm -hmm. desperately love to have more people here that I love underneath a bigger roof. It would be heaven. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Justin? Well, that's a hard question because I'm presuming that they would be joining me and my wife and our daughter. And I'm like, gosh, who would be, you know, because you're in quarantine and so you kind of all get used to each other. You know kind of how each other work. And then you're like, oh, we're introducing somebody new. Who's going to fit this chemistry well? If you were single, it'd be a lot easier to answer that question. I, I, I've never thought of this as like a, a singles have an advantage with this question. I, my first answer was for some reason, Abraham Lincoln. I was like, this would be great. I would never have to learn history again. I'd know all these random facts about him. Horrible time for him. Great time for me. Oh, could you imagine you have to feed him and like share a bathroom with him? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have 50 pounds of Hillary. You have 50 pounds of flour, Hillary. You have nothing to worry about. Abraham Lincoln will be fed. Bub, what value? Well, could we does, even talk to him about? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Firstly, <laughs> you said I'll never have to learn history again because I'll know all the facts that Abraham Lincoln knew. So you <laughs> wait, what? So what are you gonna do with all those facts? I don't know. I just I feel like I could take something away from him, like Arist somebody somebody <laughs> there'd be like, Yes, I I did not waste this time. I took away. Now I know all these things about the Civil War. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like I tell you, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I go anywhere in time, yeah, even ooh. forward? Yes. I would, I would have me from the future or Dude. my wife from the future come back and be like, don't do that, do That's that. Here's what's so coming. Sick. What That's a really good answer. What to invest in, what to, uh, you know, who's going to win the world. Like, yeah. back to the future stuff here. Oh, absolute. No, absolutely. That's the correct answer. We're, we're done with that question. That's correct. No offense to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, question five. Uh, Justin, you can start with this one. What is something that you wish you had or has been really hard to find throughout this? Just an update for everybody listening. I finally found creamsicles. 
though they were called orange dreamsicles. <laughs> uh, so I believe I have officially beaten COVID at its own game. Justin, what is something that you've been looking for or that was really hard to find? Well, I, I can tell you the most recent thing that we discovered is a little bit challenging is just plain spaghetti. Like, it's really hard to just get plain spaghetti. And we have created a complex web of delivery systems amongst a number of vendors, as I'm sure anybody who uh, completely, by the way, recognizing the privileged position I'm in to be able to do that. But, you know, we have a CSA box, you know, we'll go and do like a target pickup here and there. Um, sometimes we'll, you know, have stuff sent to us from like, you know, Whole Foods. Um, and so it just plain spaghetti is really hard to find. Uh, it seems like I think my wife said she found two boxes online for like 11 bucks. I was like, that's crazy. Like a sleeve of spaghetti is like 89 cents. Yeah. Well, mine's boring. It's just food related as well, I guess, because. I thought you were going to say flour. Dude, I thought that you were going to say flour. Is flour, but not just a different kind of flour than the one I already have. That's all. More flour. <laughs> uh, Hillary, you, you probably answered this one better than anybody else. Is there anything that you thought you would need that you don't need or you don't need nearly of, as much of it as you expected? Okay, Joel bought, in addition to 50 pounds of flour, which honestly, we are almost <laughs> all the way through, so fine. But he bought like tons of kind of like the dregs of what was left over after like the first rush of people buying stuff. So we have like a whole thing of like not plain spaghetti, but like the we like weird pasta, like very specific <laughs> pastas or very specific like dried beans. And I'm like, I... Like, they're not versatile enough to just be like, okay, I'm going to make a whatever normal meal. You'd have to, like, build something around this, like, weird thing. So we have just, like, random um, sundries, I guess. We had kind of a similar Willy Wonka week, like, a week or two ago, where it was like, I guess these beans and this pasta? Yeah, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> okay, highs and lows. Justin, we'll start with you on this one. Was there a point during this entire thing that you looked down at yourself and thought, so it's come to this? I'm trying to remember when I felt that. Oh, I think I was like trying to find something on Netflix and there's like, you know, you're kind of clicking through and my wife had gone to bed and I was like, I was like literally falling asleep as I was like clicking and I was like, what am I doing? Go to bed, <laughs> like go to bed. You're going to fall asleep. But, you know, trying to pick between Matrix Revolutions and Back to the Future 2, a movie, <laughs> neither of which you need to see again at this moment. So I think that was probably... There was like a week in there where I think I did that two or three times. And by the second or third night, I was like, go to bed. What's wrong with you? This is that you're describing every single night of my life <laughs> since this started every, and before since I became a parent. Every single night of my life is trying to maximize alone time while the kids are asleep. So I push it to the brink. I would say every single night of how like little sleep my body actually needs I'll have one more minute than that of you know so it's like every night I'm like <laughs> I'm like I should go to bed early but I've never been to sleep before at night I would not at all this whole time since <laughs> I pretty much had the second kid I think actually is the answer but my low I would say is um probably <laughs> oh god joel and i got into a horrible fight over the dumbest thing because i think it was the culmination of like stress and from work and of course like the situation and having to balance the schedule because we both still are working full-time and trying to be like well my time slot is from this time to this time and yours is this time and i keep going over because people are asking me for things and then he wants to you know whatever so Tensions are boiling up. And then I made, I, we bought some rice at this um, Indian grocery store. And um, when I was rinsing it, some bugs, like tiny little dead rice weevils or whatever, floated up and I washed it away. I was like, whatever. And I cooked the rice. And as he's scooping the rice, I was like, there were bugs when I rinsed that rice. And he lost his mind and was like, you're getting pleasure in telling me that there are bugs in my rice. And I was like, I'm not getting pleasure out of it. I didn't want you to not eat it. I thought it wasn't a big deal or I wouldn't have casually mentioned it, you know? Anyway, we got in an epic fight about this bugs. He refused to eat it. I felt terrible. We didn't talk for like eight hours. We were so mad. Um, anyway, that was, the, that was the low, definitely. We're not talking about parenting quite yet, but let's go ahead and let me go ahead and ask this. How are you each dealing with 
arguments or fighting or with your spouse throughout this? For me, it's been, Augustine gets really tense whenever we, we don't really yell at each other, but we definitely have like terse conversations, which Augustine's calls yelling, and she does not like them. And so we've kind of had to hold them until she goes to sleep, and then we kind of have these weird non-fights that we resurrect from the day to try and figure out what's going on. It's, it's not as rewarding as fighting and getting through to the other side of it. What have you guys done? Or are you guys just fighting all the time or not talking for eight hours? Yeah, we will do. We're definitely more in the camp where it's like we know, same thing, like Bo's so sensitive. He would be like, you know, he'll come in and be like, do you love me? Do you love each other? Like he kind of asks like roundabout questions, but he like, you know, senses the vibe, a tense vibe <laughs> in the room and like is kind of curious about it. So we, it's mostly like, you know, can I talk to you in the other room type of like things? And then like <laughs> hushed arguing or whatever. And then I'm not good at um, holding things. So I, I, uh, that's, that tactic would not work for me. It's like, it must be resolved in order to move on or we're not talking for eight straight hours. So yeah, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful uh, vibe when we fight over here. It's just so sweet that Bo comes in and says, do you love me? Yes. Do you love each other? That's so innocent and so sweet. Are we all loving each other? What's happening? <laughs> what about you, Justin? How are you guys dealing with uh, fighting? I think we've been doing a pretty good job. I feel like this has been less a exercise in how do you like fight in this for, for me? And it's been more of a like, all right, how can you practice patience? How can you get your head around how fast you think things are moving right now? and what you're feeling and what kind of anxieties you're making yourself feel in this conversation and what's actually happening and how can we kind of move through this peacefully. And that's with both my wife and my daughter. And the more that I'm in this, the more it's kind of like a incubation chamber of like continuing to kind of like explore the, the depths of your own patience and maybe can you dig even deeper? Well, that's way more Zen than than the fights that I'm having with my wife. So congratulations to you. Yeah, me too. That was like thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go ahead and start talking about parenting. Let's just, uh, first off, let's just talk about what your parenting situation is. Can you tell us how, how many kids you have, what their names are, and how old they are? We'll start with you, Hillary. Um, Bo is four. Uh, Zizi is one and a half, a little older. Um, and we, until last week, have been balancing full-time jobs and we would, I mean, but we were really working maybe six hours a day. We each get a three-hour shift, blah, blah, blah. And then last week we started sending them to Zizi's old, the the lady that she would go to her house pre-quarantine. Mm -hmm. Now they both go to her house during the Ooh. day and we are working. I know it is controversial, but <laughs> we opened up our quad, our, our pod. Our quarantine pod. Are there other kids or is it just them? It's them and her own granddaughter. How old is the granddaughter? She is two. At least Bo's getting to be around another kid. Yeah, it's nice. He, he kind of cares and he gets to see a different person. He's so sick of us. Like he truly yeah. is just, he's kind of the change of environment. Just being able to be in a different home is really helpful mm -hmm. for him, I think. And... You know, we've been doing it four days. Well, we did it four days last week and we'll be doing it four days next week. I try not to, to spiral out and be like, well, you know, I don't know exactly what she does all day, every mm -hmm. day when, you know, on the weekends when she's not. And I don't know what the grand, her own daughter, obviously the mother of the granddaughter, mm -hmm. what she does. But, you know, I haven't had enough conversations to know that they're being, you know, as safe as they can. They don't want it either, you know. Joel and I were kind of like really we waited it for like two weeks and we're kind of nervous about it. And then we we're just like, let's just do it. And, and the benefits have been really, um, it's been really amazing to be able to just actually like exhale and work, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. And you're not the first person who's expressed um, taking someone else on in that capacity to help out. I think that's becoming more and more common overall, because like you said, it's very hard to work and do it. What about you, Justin? How, what's, what's your daughter's name? How old is she? And, uh, and what's their situation? So my daughter is Parker. She's four and she's home. Yeah, she's home with us all day, every day. 
since you're working at home or since you were working at home all the time and your kids are right there, have you noticed your kids trying to, or have you tried to include them in the work that you do? Like Hillary specifically, I'm thinking like, is your husband teaching Bo about music or are you just like grinding math into Bo's skull every day? Anything like that? Or has it been kind of, you have your own time and then you have their play time? Yeah, there we call it snuggle school. And snuggle school is like in the living room. There's a closed door where the office is. No one goes in the office. And it's teacher mommy's turn. Then it's teacher daddy's turn. And the other person is in there uninterrupted, ideally, for, you know, six hours during the day and then two hours at night. What about you, Justin? Have you incorporated Parker into your work kind of in some way, or has it been completely separated out? You have your time and you have Parker's time. I know in our first episode, you kind of addressed this. There have been times when she's come in and I've been on a call and I, I'm definitely not like BBC dad, like, get out of here. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been like, oh, and this is my daughter. You know, everyone knows. You know, mm-hmm. Everyone knows we're all working from home. You can't pretend. You can't be like, well, I'm, I flew to Venice. I'm here on my piazza calling you it's like no i'm in my bedroom at a desk you know you know what's going on it's never been an issue for me that you know if, if that kind of thing happened but there's no overlap really unfortunately i feel like it would be kind of cool um but she's just not old enough there's more overlap actually i would say with like practical stuff like when we're mm-hmm. making things around the house like if we're cooking I, it sounds like sort of similar to you hillary there's like a kind of series of beats that repeat each day hillary you called it snuggle school so let's uh Jump on the school thing for a second. When this started, no one knew how long it was going to last. Since it's been going on for a while, have you set learning goals or teaching goals for you and your kid? Is there anything you're hoping to accomplish? Or are you hoping to keep things where they were before school? Or is school out the window and it's just, how do we play through this? Yeah, I wish that I was more of like a regimented school. It's just the name of it. It's like we do, you know, we'll be like, okay, we need to have an activity. In, to break up whatever other things that we do, like we go on the same walk. We um, every day at at three thirty, there's a movie screening where we like make popcorn together, and then like they watch a movie and I clean up or whatever. Or think about mm-hmm. dinner, and in between, then it's like okay, I need an activity. And I was definitely way more like energized about the idea at the beginning, being like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have a theme this week. We'll have a theme next week, and there'll be a letter. And it lasted for. I don't know, longer than I would have expected. But generally, it's just like full day to day. Like, you know, it's definitely devolved, I would say. There's no there's no goals. I'll I'll kind of be like, oh, I guess I should probably be teaching him about like reading or whatever. (laughs) I'm not I have no big picture um, like agenda at all. What about you, Justin? Have you set out some kind of educational goals or are you just trying to get through the days as well? We haven't set goals really because we don't know when it's going to end so it's not like you know i feel like a goal typically is kind of like predicated on like by november 10th i'll be able to run four miles and since we don't know when it's going to end it's we're just kind of like well let's just try to follow what's interesting to her and use the tools that we've got and i have to give kudos to my wife here she did a remarkable amount of research around montessori style like learning tools like blocks that twist where there's like the last letter is different for each sequence of letters and um these kind of like blocks that you they're different shapes that are tiered and um you know we have that stuff at hand but we don't have goals we're just kind of like well what do you feel like doing you want to do some words you want to do some numbers um and she's kind of gotten to the point now where she understands like all right we go we go outside we play for the first hour and then we come in and we got to do something educational let me ask a let me ask a question first just, just one just quick answer what is harder for you is it harder to spend the time and try and get your kid to learn something or to figure out how to play the imaginary games that they make up for me it's the games i have no idea how to play augustine's games so i'd rather try and figure out how to get to learn something than try and figure out why the baby that was in the car is now the daddy and we're suddenly out of milk Oh, I would say incrementally for me, it's teaching her something. But then typically I recognize that when she's not picking up on something, it's because I'm not explaining it well. I feel like we're over here all kid improv all the time. It's just like, oh, okay. The hop- <laughs> yeah, the- we're pretty heavy too. It's like the floor is lava. Great. Like, okay, we're off the floor <laughs> then. Oh, we're building a snuggle pile in the in the living room great what do you need like what do you oh we're building this like like he's kind of really leading the, <laughs> like um 
the agenda for the most part. It's and then we have to like insert ourselves to be like, okay, like we have to, you know, write or whatever. So talking about kid improv, uh, Hillary, which would you say better describes your approach to making all this work for your kids? Would you say your attitude is we can make do with what we got and we get creative here or we can reimagine our home and buy and build a bunch of stuff and fill our house with that. Which one have you gone with? Oh, I mean, the former. I'm trying to think if we got anything. We like maybe stocked up on some books. Oh, we got Bo a bike. That was huge. But beyond that, we haven't, we really kind of like also for just financial upendedness, like not knowing how either of our clients are going to keep working you know so a bunch of mine have um had to shut down like new york businesses are just like fully not operational so we've just been like in a spending freeze so we just like by nature have been having to kind of like make do with what we have what what about you justin i I think we're doing more like let's pretend if we're doing if we're doing anything we bought her a trampoline and then we've been watching stuff I think we've grown in terms of what we're watching. We're watching more like episodic stuff. Something like she's gone from like two episodes of Chip and Potato to like a full episode of Scooby Doo. And so for like that kind of like cognitive story awareness, there comes the ability to kind of like maintain story in your head more substantially when you pretend. And because of that, the pretending kind of has gotten a little more elaborate and a little bit bigger and there's more sort of function of the plot within it and so she kind of like creates more beats and things and so she can play longer so we've bought less kind of like let's keep you we bought more educational than like let's build a fort or that kind of thing we did kind of um, move her room around she kind of got a little bit of a bump out of that you know she's like oh it's a little different because kids are like when you move things they're kind of like oh, it's new it's different totally but we, other mm-hmm. than the trampoline i don't think we've bought like craft kits, that kind of stuff. Let me tell you, I've done every craft. I've cracked <laughs> geodes in half. I've sucked eggs into bottles with a candle. I've, you know, we've we've made bat bombs. We've, uh, you know, we, we're, you know, we're at the we're at the brim here. Everything must go. No, I'm kidding. They're all gorgeous, wonderful little uh, tokens at this time. Um, you both mentioned screen time, which has been a problem for us because we've just run out of stuff to watch. I have no problem with her watching TV, but we've definitely gotten to the dregs of Netflix. Potato and Chip, mm. I don't like. Masha the Bear, I cannot stand. Are there any shows that your kids have gotten into during this where you're like, please, just not another episode of that. Anything but that. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Bo's been really into Ryan's World. That's the YouTube kid, right? Yes, the YouTube kid. And it's been pretty <laughs> new. And, like, first of all, I hate watching stuff on YouTube because – you know, it'll like the commercials pop up in between that I you can't like leave them unsupervised. The commercials, like I don't know what's going on. But Ryan, I find ultimately he's great. Like I, you know, I like his, I like he his family's so loving, fine. They do fun stuff, but they're just like a family stuck in a house too. So sometimes I feel kind of like a piece <laughs> of shit watching, just like watching another family like in their house. You know, it'd be like. It's Thanksgiving and we don't have our own Thanksgiving dinner. We're just like watching Ryan's family eat their Thanksgiving dinner. You know, not really, but that's like the feeling I get, you know? And so I feel a little weird about it. Ultimately, like we're just watching them make baking soda volcanoes. And like we do have done that too, but like not with the frequency that watching that on repeat, you can watch a volcano explode. So that kind of bums me out, but also at the same time, I recognize that he's so socially isolated from peers that he sees himself in Ryan. He's just like, mm-hmm. oh, kid who's four, five or four or whatever, how old this kid is. And he's excited about the same things I am. So while it's annoying, I also am like, you know, this is, this is fine. And he's obsessed with PJ Masks, which oh, yeah. is like like Mad Lib TV, you know, it's like, <laughs> it means nothing. It's just like garbage kind of. I mean, he loves it so much. And, and kind of like Justin was saying, it does, I see it inspiring creativity and Bo and his play. And he'll be like, I'm running. I'm a, you know, he said something to me the other night that I thought was kind of funny as I was like putting him to bed and rubbing his back out of nowhere. He just goes, why do heroes and villains all love plans so much? Because that that show is just like, oh, I have a plan. Let's make a plan or whatever. What, what about you, Justin? I've become inoculated to Sophia the first at this point in my life. I've seen so many episodes. It just, you know, the, the bullets glance off me. <laughs> That's, you know, 
I'm hard pressed to pick a thing that I don't like. That's the thing she watches that I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. We got Boomerang, which is great, by the way, if you're looking for something to get. Um, and because that's got all the old Scooby-Doo's, Flintstones, and this new Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz series. And there's like 50 of them. And they're like 10 minutes long. And so she can watch two or three of them. You know, at the end of the day, they're kind of short. So it's like, eh, 10 minute story, 10 minute story, 10 minute story. All right, go wash your hands. It's dinner time. So that's um, that's been kind of like her favorite thing recently, but nothing that she's like watching that I'm just like, I can't stand this. I'm going to throw this TV out the window. That's a positive answer. Wait till she finds Masha and the bear. Yeah. Oh, I, I put the kibosh on that. There are a few of them that I'll be like, Bo's like, my like my opinion is so important to him so i'll just i know the power of like of my words so i'll be like oh you know i don't i don't think they're very nice to each other in this show and then he'll you know we'll be scrolling past shows and he's like not that show they're not very nice to each other in that show i'm like that's right that's right my little man <laughs> so like there there are a few that i've kind of like poisoned but but we've we are kind of they like movies both of my kids even the little one, I don't even think you're supposed to like what let them watch screens till they're two or something. But she watches like rips full movies. I just like, what am I gonna do? It's a quarantine. Is there a movie that you've watched that you're so excited to be able to share with your kids? Not yeah. I'm gonna be really pumped when when it's time for Harry Potter. But I know that's not now. I'm into the movies that they like. We kind of just rotate between Trolls Two. I got a ripped copy of it. <laughs> if anyone wants me, let me know. Um, and they both love Wally. Which I'm like snooze, but they love it. So, what about you, Justin? Is there anything you're super excited to share with Parker through, throughout this? Yeah, I, this is so funny that you say this. This kind of came up this week. I really can't wait until she's old enough to watch the female Ghostbusters. Um, and that really seems weird. It's like, why wouldn't you show her the original? It's like because the 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 new one has women in it, and I I recognize I recognize when my daughter watches something and she's like, "There's no girls in this." I was like, yeah, there aren't any girls in this. Like, who is she supposed to glom onto? I want media that my daughter can look at and can be like, oh, there's not one, not two, not three, but four women in the lead roles that are like taking action and like moving forward and like propelling themselves through some sort of a, you know, a character journey. I assume that is present. It's a feature film. And so I'm, I'm excited to show her that because it looks fun and, and I've never seen it. And it's, I've shown her the trailer and she's kind of like, mm, not yet. I don't know. That's like a big thing for me. She'll she'll love it. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Let's talk about the kids just real quick, just as the kids. How do you think they're doing? How do you think your kids are managing this? Do you think, have you noticed any unusual behaviors that have arisen as we've gone through this? Like, for instance, with Augustine, we've recently started having a lot more pee accidents than we've had for two years. And I know of a lot of parents have been going through that. Um, she's definitely more clingy than she was. What about you guys? Have you guys noticed any unusual behaviors that you might attribute to this? Or has have you do you feel super successful as a parent that you have beaten COVID in your household? So clingy. It's like just he's lonely. And I just can tell, you know, he's just like generally bummed. He'll, when we'll do like the Zoom calls from school, like we've kind of stopped doing them um, because it's he gets too bummed. Like we hang mm -hmm. up and he'll be like, why didn't anyone talk to me? You know, and I'm like, well, the call is really like, you can see all your friends, but when you talk, they can't hear you because I mute you because you're just trying to talk the whole time once she, you know, teacher's like reading a story. But, mm -hmm. he, you know, he, it's like just because someone flashes on the screen doesn't mean you're having a conversation. Like, obviously they can't, they don't understand that technology or have space for it in their little understanding of the world. So it's kind of, he's just like, why didn't my friend, like, why didn't he, I asked him a question, he didn't say anything back and it hurt my feelings, you know, and then he'll kind of be sad. And he sometimes will be like, you know, when can I play with them again? Like, I just miss my friends. You know, he kind of is, he, it's like, he's able to even articulate it. So like, I know it's an issue and the, just the clinginess and the need for attention kind of in a different way. It's like a comforting attention that he needs. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. in the same, on the other hand, you know, he's. I do feel kind of lucky that I have so many friends who are experiencing this with kids who are older who are like missing first grade, you know, or missing kindergarten even. And, you know, them trying to be like, okay, we actually are trying to do school at home without the social aspect. And, and for him, you know, there are a lot of people who never, ha who never go through a kind of daycare or whatever. And they just, 
go to kindergarten for the first time. So it's like his trajectory doesn't look that different than many other people's at this point. He's just like at home with his parents. And so I, I feel like I dodged a little bit of a bullet with his age. You know, I've thought the same thing, that this is not something that we're losing specifically ground on. While I think it'd be better for her to be at preschool overall, I feel like, yeah, we're, we're still not in a weird situation where I have to hold a five-year-old in front of a screen for six hours so they can hear the teacher talk at them, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's still like optional or whatever. What about you, Justin? Have you noticed any unique behaviors or anything like that? Um, I mean, I think generally we're all kind of having the same sort of constellation of symptoms with our kids in terms of anxiety and clinginess. And, you know, also that's just on that traditional kind of like they're all at the age where they're constantly going through these development cycles. And with those cycles come these kind of neediness regressions. And so sometimes I'm like, maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's just a normal development cycle. We did notice that she like zoomed with a friend. This was like weeks ago. She she hadn't talked to anybody. She zoomed or FaceTimed whatever with the your your video chat uh, platform of choice with a friend, and then and hadn't talked to anybody in a while. And then that night or that afternoon took this like crazy long nap. We were like, whoa! I wonder if that call did something. And I had forgotten about this until a few days ago when she video chatted a friend and then took a crazy long nap. And I was, uh, I was saying to my mm-hmm. wife, we were like, is that, maybe that's like a weird, she gets like a little development juice off of that. And you know how it is when their brains are growing, they tend to have like kind of a bigger nap. I was like, well, I wonder if she got a little, a little development juice off that, a little hit off the old brain goods. And then when she went down for her brain mm-hmm. to do a little nap time defrag, it was like, whoa, we got some new data in here. Let's parse this out. <laughs> that's so funny. When you guys, when we look at going back to school, are you guys more concerned with 100% sanitation and safety, or are you willing to sacrifice some of that to have more of the traditional school experience of recess and group lunches, that sort of thing? I'm just going to go ahead and take the bullet and say I am willing to sacrifice some safety and sanitation for my daughter to have a more normal school experience. I know that's super controversial, so I want to get that out there in case you guys feel that way. You don't feel like you're jumping on the bomb. I will gladly <laughs> express that I feel like I'm not, I don't, nothing has to be a hundred percent for me. I really want her to have the interpersonal experience. Yeah. I am like fully on the same page. And I think part of it is the luxury of not having, like, since I don't have family around, I don't have like, um, immune compromised people in my life that I could be affecting, like, you know, and we're staying very safe. So to me, it feels kind of like the risk is on like it is kind of like, do we want to send someone and then have him come home with it? I don't, I'm not too concerned about us sending it to school, you know, on mm-hmm. our end because of our behavior. And so because I'm in that position, like I'm definitely would be willing to relax my, you know, down from a hundred percent of like cleanliness and whatever, just to have, to have him have that social life. Like I've, you know, I do see him wilting a little bit because he doesn't have it. And so it's important. It's just like a risk reward calculation. And for us personally, when you calculate it all in, like definitely that's, it. it's really important to me and my, in our situation. So, you know, I, I hope that schools do find a way to open up um, without having to like not have recess. Or, mm-hmm. you know, only have four kids in the classroom or whatever. And I'm also worried about how much that would cost if suddenly the school is, has like whole different teacher to kid ratios. So mm-hmm. concerned of mine as well. But like, yeah, I just really like I wish I could just get him play, let him play with friends right now. Like, you know, I'm pretty not desperate, but yes, I would relax them. Before I before we get your answer on this, Justin, let me ask a question about the school that you just like you just mentioned, Hillary. If school dramatically changes, where it's only one day for five kids, or it's just a couple hours every day, not so much if you're able to, but would you consider going to a more private school that would have the five day week or have extra daycare. I know for us, I'm not sure how financially we'd swing it, but I, I, it would be very, very hard for me and my wife to work when it's only one day a week or every other day for a couple hours, that sort of thing. Would you consider that or, or are you going to do whatever the, are you going to make it work the way you see the school happening? I mean, it's just, that's not sustainable if two people are trying to work for you know, like what would we even do? What's the benefit? I mean, I would certainly 
if that was our only option, um, was to send him twice a week for five hours, like, yeah, I would do that. He needs that socialization and he benefits from it. He loves it so much. Like I would take whatever was available to me. I don't think, I think it would be prohibitively expensive to send him to some place that was like three people or whatever, like to a teacher. So, you know, I would consider that probably not an option. So we would just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would take like whatever they're willing to present sit in, you know, that's safe, reasonably safe. I, I would just be like, well, this, you know, blows, but we'll just have to make it work, I guess, you know. What about you, Justin? Are you worried about 100% sanitation or are you willing to sacrifice some of that for interpersonal interaction? It's, I'm such a specific, I think, potential, not exemption, but it's a really specific question to ask because we were actually looking at moving the school that Parker was at from preschool. She was accepted to a Montessori program. And so I don't even know, really, like I have some familiarity with it because we've done tours and I've seen what the days are like. So you know, anytime you have a kid, and I talk with my wife about this, we talk about, you know, we have our definition of normal, kind of like, this is kind of what I grew up with when I picture Halloween or school, you know, you have those kind of fixed forms in your mind. And, you know, I didn't go to Montessori school, but we were like, let's do it for her, I think. So, you know, already I was at kind of, I was going to be at a distance in terms of what her normal is and what my normal is, because it's a different type of learning. So already when I think of, okay, well, I want her to have a normal experience. Well, what she potentially was going to be going into is different. I'm, none of us know how schools are going to look. And so the thing that I keep thinking about is, is our normal is, is our normal and it probably won't be our kids normal. Okay. 66 days with your kids. What do you think is the best thing that your kid will take away from this time? You know, I feel like when I think back on my life, I'm really hard pressed to remember much from before I was in, before I was out of a car seat. Like, I don't remember much from the age of car seat to nothing, you know, going backwards. And I remember like feelings. I don't remember learning things, but I remember feelings. And so I think the thing that I hope that she leaves this period of time with, not as like a hard bit of knowledge, not like, oh, two E's together makes the sound E. You know, we work on those things, but I hope that the thing that she takes away from this period of time is that, yeah, you know, I would hope that when she looks back, she says to herself, yeah, oh yeah, I remember when that was a thing. I was really little and um, my parents and I were, that was when we lived in that apartment in Glendale. And yeah, it was just, everybody tried to just be really calm and peaceful and, and good to each other. It was a time when we were all really like kind of mindful of each other because we couldn't go out. And, you know, and that's the biggest thing I can hope for her to take away is that we all took care of each other. And that was what was, that was how this time felt. Not that we were like, oh my God, what's, ah, you know. Yeah, that's really sweet. I hope she takes away. I hope, I hope Augustine takes that away too. What about you, Hillary? What do you think is the best thing that your your two kids could take away from all this? They've had like such an opportunity to be around each other that they don't normally because they would go to two separate places and they're so close now. And I feel like that is like an amazing foundation, like just to be able to, it's not just like weekends where they're together, like they do everything together and they share room, you know, they, and they help, help put her down for a nap, like everything. They just are it's been like kind of amazing for a family on one hand um, because I think that we're all so close, you know, we're just like a unit that, that last week, even when they went to her school, when they went to um, the lady's house, I was just like, after about four hours of my normal work shift, I was like so sad. I miss them so much because we're just like, you know, we've got the rhythm down and, and I, I think, I think that's actually been very valuable. It's just getting, it feels like in this weird way, having to take a forced maternity leave again. And, mm -hmm. you know, I found that so special for each of my kids being able to be with them for three to six months, depending on the kid. And like, just to be able to do, have that again, it's like, that's kind of the only like silver lining of the experience for us is just being able to be really close and develop our like family language. And I don't know, it's, 
that part I'm actually kind of grateful for. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. That is really sweet as well. Unfortunately, I'll never be able to share that with Augustine or Jade because they both especially Augustine is lamented not having a baby brother or sister throughout this entire thing. So if she finds out that it's even better than she imagines, it will (laughs) never end. So last question, guys, if this happens again in two generations and you're talking to your grandkids and you can only pass on one sentence, what would you tell to your grandkids to help them get through this or inspire them or educate them? What is that piece of knowledge that you would pass on from all this? I'd probably tell my grandkids, I'd be like, look, I'm going to say something crazy. You got to go slower than you've ever gone before. Just slow down. That's kind of been my personal, uh, I guess, mantra, but also like antidote to moments of, oh God, okay. So then wait, slow down. Are you really worked up or are you working yourself up? Give it a second. Look around. Everything's fine, man. Calm down. And Hillary, what about you? I would say, like, you can't go, you can't go faster than one day at a time. So you just have to try to make it fun. I don't know. You know, like, or something like that, right? Like, you got to kind of, like, find the joy in it because you're stuck in it and trying to, like, dig your way out. Like, you can't. You're stuck in this box. So you just, I don't know. What does that really boil down to, like? Be positive. That's like really what I'm saying, I guess. But like, but I wish it was, wish it was a little more articulate than that. But like, I don't know. It's like you get what you get, and you gotta so make it fun. Well, that sounds good to me. All right, thank you both so much for being on the show today. It was really great talking to you and hearing all our experiences have been so different. It's really great hearing what you guys are doing, and it sounds like you're both doing really well. So thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Cornstream today was produced by me, Bobby Christian. Special thanks to Hillary from Glendale and Justin from Glendale, both in Los Angeles. If you'd like to share your life and list from quarantine, reach out to me on Instagram at Civil Matador. And remember, this will end, so enjoy it while you can. 